Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Moms, welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, we are talking all about metabolism. So we all have heard metabolism. Most of us, I think, when we think about metabolism, we either think in terms of, I have a fast metabolism or I have a slow metabolism. And it seems like this un- this foreign thing, right? Like we know it matters when it comes to weight loss and, and all that good stuff, but we don't really understand how does it work. And we're really going to dive into that. Not only that is stick around at the end. I am going to bust five myths that have to do with metabolism. So just a little spoiler alert. If you think that these things are true, you're definitely going to stick around to the end so I can tell you why these are myths. So these are common things I've heard from women when it comes to metabolism or just dieting in general. Um, I've heard skinny people have a faster metabolism. Eating after 7 p.m. slows down your metabolism. Eating five small meals a day boosts your metabolism more. Your metabolism is a fixed number. Eating breakfast boosts your metabolism. These are five things that are false. So stick around and I'll explain why at the end of this episode, those things are false. So let's first start with the science of what is metabolism? What is what is this thing going on that really affects our energy? And that's really what it is as a ba- at, at the bottom fundamental level. It's it's really about the chemical processes that occur. So metabolism is the chemical processes that occur within a living organism in order to maintain life. So metabolism isn't just how many calories your body burns in a day. It includes how your body stores and uses energy and the chemical processes that that energy is used for. So this includes things that are catabolic, which is breaking down, and anabolic, which is building up. Your body is always in these two different, um, going back and forth into catabolic and anabolic when it comes to things like building up cells, tissue, um, you know, cell turnover, all kinds of things, even including like when we're building muscle, right? So that is basically what our metabolism is. It's the chemical processes that occur within a living organism in order to maintain life. So let's kind of uncover and dig a little bit more in that. And one other thing that's really important to understand, too, is that the thyroid gland is a key part of the human endocrine system and works together with your nervous system and immune system to regulate your body's metabolism. So this is why if somebody has issues with thyroid function, it can have an effect on how they process energy because it regulates your body's metabolism. And we're going to and, and also on a keynote is other things that can affect your metabolism are hormones, okay? So especially for us women who are more sensitive to hormone changes than men. So hormones are 
chemical messengers that regulate processes in your body. So basically, this means that metabolic functions are controlled by your hormones, all right? So those, remember I told you that metabolism is those chemical processes that happen, those metabolic functions, they're controlled by your hormones, okay? So hormones do play a big part in this as well, especially including stress hormone, which is cortisol, which is actually a big driver of metabolism. So its main function, this stress hormone, is to prepare your body for times of stress. And one way it does this is by blocking the absorption of glucose in order to provide an easy energy source if you want or need to, you know, fight something or run or think quickly, all right? But if stress becomes chronic, your cortisol levels stay elevated, which drives up your blood sugar levels. And the result can be a slower metabolism, weight gain, uh, feel fatigue, have trouble sleeping. This is also can contribute to type two diabetes. So stress actually is really important as far as, you know, just in general health as well, but also when it comes to our metabolism. And I hope now you can kind of see how this could play into if you're somebody that's trying to, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, you're trying to lose weight, right? Or fat loss how important that can be. And not only that, but if you're somebody that's trying to recomp your body, you're trying to lose fat and you're trying to gain muscle, that stress, that cortisol is really going to play a key part. Um, that's why recovery is so important when it comes to building muscle and even fat loss as well. Sleep in itself is just essential. You can't get away from that. And when you don't get enough sleep, it actually raises cortisol. So I'm going to try not to get too much of a tangent on hormones, but I just wanted to paint a picture for you of why, you know, how that plays into your metabolism because it does. So now that you understand what's metabolism, and kind of, you know, the key parts of it, like, you know, your thyroid gland helps to regulate your metabolism, you know, hormones, cortisol, that can play a part in it. Let's break down what encompasses your metabolism, because I think this is really interesting. I think this will kind of make it kind of be like, aha, you know, um, for you, because it really had helped me to like see how it's actually broken down. So tell, it's like, I want to know how, okay, yes, metabolism is all these chemical processes. And yes, it includes how my body stores and uses energy. But what makes up that energy expenditure, right? So what that is, is your total daily energy expenditure. So that's what we're going to talk about. There are four things that that include your TDEE. If you are somebody that's familiar with like in fitness and weight loss and body recomp, you might have heard that before, TDEE, right? All it is is your total daily energy expenditure. It's the amount of energy that your body uses on a daily basis. And it's not, um, there's four different things that actually make up that energy expenditure. So this is the amount of calories. Basically, this is the amount of calories your body is burning in a day, okay? These four things make that up. The one that makes the most makes makes up the most of your TDEE is your BMR. So your BMR is accounted for 60 to 70% of your total daily energy expenditure. And your BMR stands for basal metabolic rate. So if you are somebody that's ever gone and done like a um, body comp measuring 
um, like if you go to a nutrition store, you can do these where you stand on this uh, scale and you hold these handles and it tests your body fat. And one of the things that it will tell you is your estimated BMR. So your BMR, once again, is your basal metabolic rate. And what this is, is just the basic amount of calories your body just needs to function. This does not include... Um, this doesn't include activity. This doesn't include food or anything. This is just like your body just like if you were laying on a bed and just for a day, like you just laid on a bed all day. Like this is the amount of energy it takes just for your body to function. Um, and so the BMR, the three or organs that are most responsible for burning calories at rest are your liver, your brain, and your skeletal muscle. Okay, and so this is why... Um, when we like people that extreme diet or they if you eat below your BMR, you can't function well. <laughs> you know, this is about the point where, you know, um, menstruation stops and brain fog and all these things is because you're eating below the basic amount of calories your body needs to function. And the things that make up what your BMR is, is your age, your gender, your height, your weight, your body composition, which means body composition just means like how much muscle mass you have and how much body fat. Your genetics play a part in this dieting history, um, medications. So this is very widely based. So this is why... It's not like if you're following somebody else's um, diet plan, like if you're doing cookie cutter diet plans, why these things might not work. I mean, a lot of this stuff is based on this is this is how individualized it needs to be is, you know, it, everybody's BMR is going to be different. Actually, everybody's TDEE is going to be different. You could take a woman that is uh, two women that are 130 pounds, same height, right? Or maybe not same height. Yeah, I guess they could be same height, <laughs> um, but they have different body compositions, right? One has more muscle than the other. The woman that has more muscle, even though they weigh the same, is going to have a higher BMR because that is one way that we can really affect what our basal metabolic rate is, is by gaining more muscle, okay? Because remember, the three organ organs that are most responsible for burning calories at rest are your liver, your brain, and your skeleton muscle. And you're not going to get a bigger liver or brain, but you can work out and get more skeletal muscle, right? So that in itself will increase your BMR. Um, other things that can affect your BMR, like I said, dieting, chronic dieting. If you're somebody that is has been, you know, eating 1200 or less calories consistently over time and you're not losing any more weight, well, your BMR has adjusted, okay, to that calories in. So, those are things that can affect your BMR. It's like I said, it's very individualized. This is why uh, and also another thing is your husband um, or men in general have a higher BMR naturally because they have more body mass, okay? So the bigger the person is, the more likely they're going to have they're going to have a higher BMR, right? Because they're going to need more energy just to maintain, right? Just for their body to survive. So that is BMR. The next thing that we're going to talk about that and that makes up your total daily energy expenditure is TEF, which is the thermic effect of food. Okay? So what does this mean? It means that when you eat food, your body uses energy to convert that food into energy, right? So it takes energy to digest food and to use it 
like to, you know, use it in your body. So that actually has a 10% effect on your total m- uh, metabolism, your total energy expenditure for the day. But not only that is this is something I think you're going to find really interesting that a lot of people don't realize is that the change, the, the, the effect, the thermogenic, the thermic effect of food changes based on macronutrients. So we have protein, carbs, and fats, right? And we're also going to talk about fiber because that's actually a really important one too. Protein has a 30% effect on your, the TEF, okay? Fiber has a 30% effect on your TEF, Carbs only have a 6 to 8% effect, and fats have only a 2 to 3% effect. So what does that mean? That means that it takes your body, it, ta- it takes more energy to process, digest, and use protein and fiber versus carbs and fat. So that in itself is you're getting a more of a thermogenic effect when you're eating protein versus when you're eating fats. Okay. This is another reason why eating a higher fat diet is really helpful for not just in maintaining or gaining or maintaining lean muscle, but for fat loss as well. So that is something really interesting to keep in mind is, and so for example, let me put this into like real world, real, real world example. Say you have, okay, you have two women. And they are, um, everything's the same. Like say they're twins and they're exactly the same. So you put one twin on a 1500 calorie diet and the other twin on a 1500 calorie diet. But the difference is one is eating a higher, higher amount of protein and fiber and the other one's eating a higher amount of carbs and fats. The twin that is eating higher protein and fiber are actually they're gonna their metabolism is, is gonna be higher just because they're eating more protein and fiber than the other twin. So yes, it, I mean it, this T T F thermic effect of food has a ten percent effect over your, your metabolism, but it still make, can make a difference, especially when we're choosing things that have a really high effect of that TEF, okay? So keep that in mind too when it comes to your metabolism. The third thing and the fourth thing that we that affect or make up your metabolism or your energy expenditure for the day is your physical activity. So this makes up 30%. And this there's two different um, categories that deal with your physical activity. And one is NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, and the other one is exercise activity. Now, out of the four different areas that make up your metabolism, these are the two, your physical activity is the one that's most modifiable. This is the one you have the most control over. So these are what make the bigger difference when it comes to your metabolism. So, you know, uh, let's first talk about NEAT and what the heck that means, okay? So NEAT is, can make up to 15% of this 30%, okay? Um, and it is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> so basically, it's all, act, it's all activity that is not planned out exercise. Like, it's not actual exercise you do. So what does this mean? This is like walking. This is standing. This is fidgeting. Um, this is playing with your kids. This is all the activities that you do in a day that are not planned exercise activities. And this is modifiable. This actually can vary so much from person to person depending on how you go about your day. A lot of people, this is very 
overlooked because a lot of the times people don't, they, they focus so much on exercise activity, but somebody that is active all day long has a very active job versus somebody that goes and exercises for hour and then the rest of the time they're sitting at the desk at, at work or they're sitting on the couch at home, that person that is just being so busy throughout the day, even though they're not getting planned in exercise, are probably going to be, they are expending more energy throughout the day. They're burning more calories throughout the day because all those little things they add up throughout the day versus one hour of planned exercise. I mean, let's say if you're exercising hard or typically you're looking at like 300 to 600 calories or something in an hour. Um, So that in itself versus somebody that's you know, doing manual labor or walking a lot, those it's like 100 calories here, 100 calories there, like that is definitely going to add up more in the long run. So it's really important, you know, when we're trying to lose fat that we actually also look at our need and we look at how are we spending our day where those little extra things we can do throughout the day that are going to add up big versus just looking at, okay, just focusing just on exercise alone, right? So if you're somebody that has, you know, doesn't have much time to exercise, say you can get an hour in a day, which is actually really good, or even less than that. And you're like thinking, man, I'm trying to lose fat, right? So a lot of us think, oh, let's prioritize, you know, cardio. And it's like, no, like you, that time should be used for strength training. If you don't have time to do cardio in a workout, guess what? Add more steps into your day. Do more activity throughout the day to to burn more calories to add up to, you know, that time you don't really have to spend towards cardio that should and you will get more benefit fat loss wise if you focus more on strength training. Okay, so those are the four things that make up your metabolism. So let's just retract real fast what that is. First, we have your BMR, which makes up 60% of your uh, TDEE, your energy expenditure for the day. This is your basal metabolic rate. This is just the basic amount of calories you need to function. Doesn't include extra activity. Then you have your thermogenic effect of food. This makes up 10%. Remember, this is your body uses energy to convert food into energy, right? And protein and car or protein and fiber have a higher effect, a 30% effect on this TF versus carbs, which is 68%, and fats, which is 2 to 3%. Then the other two things that make up your TDEE are physical activity, and this is 30%. This is the, these are the two things that are the most modifiable. You have NEAT, which is non-energy or non-exercise activity thermogenesis, and you have EA, which is exercise activity. And so I didn't really go into exercise activity because I think we all understand what that is. But those two are the things, like I said, that are most modifiable, the things that we can change up the most within our day and within our metabolism. So (laughs) we talked about what metabolism, you know what the breakdown is. Let's talk about these five myths around metabolism and I'm going to bust them and I'm going to explain to you why these things are myths. So hopefully you don't have to fall into this mindset because like I said, these are probably the five biggest things that I hear the most when it comes to metabolism. So the first is skinny people have a faster metabolism. (laughs) Okay, so technically, actually, bigger people have a higher metabolism. 
Let's think about this. Your metabolism is the basic amount of energy. It's like the energy that your body needs to function, right? An organism needs to function and all the processes that go on for that organism for you to survive and live, okay? Somebody that is bigger has more weight. They have more fat. They have most, sometimes they have more muscle. So, and can have more muscle. This is, I'm thinking more of like, men in general too, they have more muscle. Those kind of people are going to, those people are going to have a higher metabolism than somebody that is really thin because their body has to upkeep a lot more body mass versus somebody that is skinny. So yes, genetics can play a part in metabolism, right? But we have to realize that just because somebody might be a little bit more genetically gifted versus like, you know, let's just be real. Like we're all different body shapes. And I think that's awesome, right? It'd be really boring if we were all the same body shapes. So yes, there are some people that have a little bit, they might have more of an advantage, but never think that that means that that's something you can't change because it is. And it doesn't play a huge factor. It really doesn't play that big of a factor as people like to make it out to be. Um, you know, there's a lot more to it, to it. I think when we think about that statement, that skinny people have a faster metabolism. Not only that is when we use it as a crutch, like, oh, well, I'm just never going to be skinny. I'm always going to be a big boned. And I just don't, I have a really slow metabolism. And, you know, I just want, if you might be listening and you have that mindset to not let that story hinder you from actually doing better and making progress because it's not a deal breaker at all. Okay. So there's a little truth in that, but it's not a deal breaker. Um, so next is eating after 7 p.m. slows down your metabolism. I hear this all the time. This must, this is like, if I was to, if there was to be a book about dieting, this would be like one of those rules, right? It's like, don't eat after 7 p.m. because something magically happens after 7 p.m. and it goes to your ass and your stomach and all the places you don't want the food to go to. And when I hear this, you know what it really, what it reminds me of? Do you remember that movie Gremlins? I might be showing my age a little bit. I think it's like an 80s movie. And it's where like this cute little mongol and or I think that's how you say his name. He's really cute, right? It's like basically looks like a Furby. I think that's what they made a Furby after. But anyways, it's like, don't feed him after midnight. And it's like when you do that, he, he turns into this crazy gremlin, right? And so I don't know why this relates in my head like women eating after 7 p.m and somehow like something magic happens and it just all turns to fat like no it doesn't it doesn't work like that so your body doesn't metabolize food any differently at any different time of the day like it's just how you metabolize food I think I think the reason why this myth or this not I want to say I mean it is a myth but what people say like they they say don't eat after 7 p.m is because most of the time what happens after 7 p.m.? Like, we're not making, we're not grabbing apple, we're not grabbing celery, we're not eating, um, you know, more chicken from after dinner. Like, we're not eating those things that are going to, you know, benefit, benefit us in what we're trying to do, right? So most of the time, that's whenever we reach for the ice cream or the chips in front of the TV or whatever the case may be, candy. And a lot of it is just because your willpower is shot for the day. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that willpower is like a battery. You'll wake up, it's fully charged, but over the day, all the decisions, you start to get d- decision fatigue. Well, guess what? By the end of the day, your, meta- I mean, your um, willpower battery is shot, right? It's gone. 
So of course it's easier in the end of the day to, you know, give in to eating the junk food and things like that. And I think that's why people say don't eat after 7 p.m. But if you're making good food choices and those food choices are within your goals, your macronutrient goals, your calorie goals for what you're trying to do, it doesn't matter. Whenever Millie was born, um, I had this thing after every single child, I was like, I'm going to get in the I'm going to get in even better shape than I was before this child, right? So after Millie, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get six-pack abs. And I, within a year, I reached that goal. And I reached that goal by routinely eating dinner around 9, 9.30 p.m. So, you know, I've, I've proven within myself, like, that's a myth. So it doesn't matter if you're making good food choices. So we need to get away from that. If anything, what I have seen in nutrition consults when women tell me this is uh, the next thing I ask them, okay, well, how are you sleeping? And most of the time they tell me they have problems sleeping. And it's because their blood sugar is dropping, okay? Or why they sleep, their blood sugar drops and it wakes them up. And so by telling them, you know what, eat a high protein, you know, it, have, it can have some carbs or whatever, but eat something high in protein right before bed, like a healthier snack, and it'll help that. And then a week later, they're like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I sleep so much better. And I'm like, yeah, because you're not starved, <laughs> you know, before bed. So sometimes that can actually work against you as well. Uh, let's see. The next myth was eating five small meals can boost your metabolism. <sighs> okay. I'm like, where do I want to start on this one? So yes and no. <laughs> like there's a little truth to this, but entirely it doesn't matter. So once again, you realize now we talked about metabolism and how, you know, th- there's a thermic effect of food. So basically your body needs to needs energy in order to digest that food. We know that's correct, right? So the thought behind this is, okay, well, the more times I eat, the more I'm going to have a thermic effect of food, right? So this is that mindset. So yeah, yeah, every time you eat, you have this thermic effect of food. But what people don't realize that believe this is that you can take, it doesn't, if you eat a little bit of food, you get a little bit of that that thermic effect. You eat a big meal, you get a bigger effect of that thermic effect, okay? So you can take, you can eat 1,500 calories and you can break that up into three big meals a day or you can break that up into five meals a day. But by the end of the day, the thermic effect of that food you ate equals the same. When you ate the five meals, it was smaller. When you ate the bigger meals, it was bigger. But at the end of the day, it is still the same thermic effect, okay? So it really doesn't, you don't need to eat every five hour. I mean, five meals a day. I personally like three meals with two snacks in between, but that's me. I like to eat every two to three hours because it helps me from feeling like I want to overeat whenever the next meal comes. So it kind of helps to regulate my blood sugar, which is something that can be really helpful um, when you're trying to lose fat, when you're trying to regulate hormones, um, when you're trying to gain lean muscle. So that's why I do it. It's not because it boosts my metabolism any more than eating three meals a day. So myth number five is your metabolism is a fixed number. And I hope after everything I've talked about so far, you realize that that's not true. Another thing I hear from women is because they're, as we get older, yes, our metabolism goes down. But a lot of the reason why that happens is because now you know what makes up your metabolism, right? 
And when we talked about BMR, your basal metabolic rate, remember I said age is also a determining factor in that too. And a lot of this also has to do, and remember I told you that skeleton muscle, muscle matters a lot in your metabolism. And naturally, when you age, we lose muscle mass. If we're not strength training, you're losing muscle mass as you get, as you age. So guess what? Your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, just because you're aging and losing mass over over time is going to go down. Your metabolism is going to go down just by losing muscle mass. It's not because necessarily like you're just old and, and your metabolism just is just slowed down that much. It's just the effects of aging. Also, as we get older, we do less movement. We have less need. Not, um, we, we exercise. We tend to exercise less. So... If you're somebody listening that's older, because I know I do have some women that are older that listen, um, I have helped women in their 50s gain muscle and lose fat, even if they've been in plateau, even when they've been eating 1,200 calorie diets, um, have helped them get out of that. And I'm, you know, it's it's awesome to see that because that just shows that yes, at 50, 60, whatever, you can still have good results for you. Like you can have really great results. Actually, I have one, one woman that I've trained and helped with this in her fifties and you're like, she looks way better than a lot of 20 year olds. So don't let age hold you back. All right. Don't think that you are stuck with this metabolism. These things, remember I told you physical activity makes up 30% of your energy expenditure. And that is the most modifiable thing you do. You can do more non-exercise activity. You can add in more exercise activity in your day. Those are things you have a lot of control over. So at whatever age you are, you can essentially, you can boost your metabolism by doing those things. The next and final myth that I wanted to talk about is eating breakfast boosts your metabolism. So there's a lot, I think, let's see, I don't know, I don't think it's as big of a deal now, but I remember maybe like 10 years ago, breakfast was like a huge thing when it came to weight loss. It's like, it's the most important meal of the day. I think some of us grew up believing it was the most important meal of the day, that it's that you have to eat that if you're trying to lose weight. Um, you don't have to, um, I'm going to explain to you why I think it can be helpful for, you know, fitness, health, um, weight loss, gaining lean muscle, all that stuff. But is it necessary? No. Is it something that is going to boost your metabolism? Like, is it going to affect your metabolism if you do or don't? No, not really. So I think the reason why breakfast has been said to be like, oh, it's the most important meal of the day, it's going to have a, it's going to boost your metabolism is because kind of going back to when you eat, you get a thermic effect, right? So so people are like, oh yeah, you're boosting your metabolism first thing in the morning. You're having a thermic effect of food. But remember, I told you guys that every time you eat, you have a thermic effect of food. So it doesn't matter if you eat it at 8 a.m. or you eat it at 12 p.m. Guess what? you're still getting the same thermic effects of food. It doesn't mean that you're getting more of a thermic effect from that food when you eat it first thing in the morning. Now, I do recommend most women do eat first thing in the morning. Why? Because it breaks a fast. It helps to regulate your blood sugar first thing in the morning, which is also important for hormonal, um, for hormones, which us women have to keep regulated. Remember, going back, hormones can affect your metabolism. So we want to keep happy hormones So it helps in that sense. Another thing is a lot of women struggle 
with trying to get in enough food as it is and when we make that window even shorter it just makes it just limits the amount of time that those women have in order to eat more food especially protein protein seems to be the one thing that most women i meet with or do a nutrition consult they're only eating half of what they need in a day and when i tell them that they have to double that (laughs) it can be overwhelming and so when we add breakfast in guess what that is another chance to eat more protein. And not only that, if you're somebody that exercises in the morning, now if you're doing cardio, it's not as big of a deal. Like if you're doing some low activity cardio, but if you're doing a weight training session, if you are, you know, doing some high intensity work right first thing in the morning, you do want to have a little bit of something to eat. You do want to have a little bit of breakfast, even if it's just a protein shake to help you get through that workout. Okay. So that would be the only reason I say breakfast. So once again, as you guys see, a lot of this stuff isn't like so cut and dry. Like there's usually like a yeah and no or well, it depends. There's not there's always like that little bit of gray area and it always a lot of this also depends on you and what works for you. So there's all these basic things, right? But it's like adjusting and figuring out what's going to work for you. (laughs) And what works for me might not necessarily work for you, but it has like the same underlying factors, right? It's just how do we go about that? It can be different from me and different for you. So one of the reasons I wanted to share this with you guys today is because lately I've been having women message me a lot asking me to help them with their their macros, which that's something I do. So if you are interested in that, you can email me just at mamasnewstrong.com or you can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Just find me, Jessica Nicole May, on Facebook, Mom's New Strong on Instagram. And let's talk about it. So I do those kinds of things. You know, I do, uh, and even online, right? So it's not, doesn't have to be in person. It can be online. But anyways, what I was getting back to is I have women asking me about these. And then they'll be like, well, can I just go do a calorie calculator or a macro calculator online? Or I have women that say, well, I've done that. And it didn't work for me. And I want you guys to really see how detailed your metabolism can be, okay? So when you're doing those calculators, it's, yes, it's trying to account for your BMR. And it's trying to take in your energy activity and all that stuff, right? Into figuring out, you know, what are your maintenance calories and where do you have to be in order to, you know, maintain or, or lose fat or to gain muscle, right? All those things that a lot of the calculators will calculate for you. So it's based on ideals, okay? It's if you were this perfect equation, this is why equations don't work for people, right? This is why we need something that's more custom. Those things really are hit and miss, those calculators online. So if you're lucky and your metabolism is really healthy, like it probably will maybe work out okay for you. But if you're somebody that has a past of like dieting, if you are... um, I don't know. I think that would probably be like the biggest issue, right, is dieting. And a lot of the times when I work with women, their metabolism isn't at what ideally it should be maintenance for their for all their information. Okay, so it's really important when you're trying to figure out what your custom macros are to not use a calculator like you can But I'm telling you, it's going to be a hit and miss. What you need is to really figure out what your maintenance calories are and really figure out how much energy your body is really using on a daily basis and how food interacts with that. And one of the only ways to do that is really 
meeting with a nutritionist like myself or somebody else that you, you know, feel comfortable meeting with and having them look at how you're eating, how much are you moving, like all these things that are going to make up your metabolism. And then you get a custom plan based on your goals on where you need to move forward. Okay. So if you're somebody that is like macro counting doesn't work for me, I've tried online calculators, it didn't work out. Or you did the calculator and you're like, holy moly, like it's telling me I need to eat this much even just to lose weight. Wow, like I I don't even lose that right. I, I eat less than that right now and I'm not even losing weight. That's usually like a lot of women that that I work with. That's kind of the position they're in. Then you don't want to use, don't use that calculator. Get with a nutritionist that's going to help you to actually customize your macros because macros are freaking amazing. Counting macros is awesome. I've been doing it for years and years now and helping other women do the same. And it's the best thing, best thing for moms as well. If you want to incorporate your fitness and your, you know, those goals, like your weight loss or gaining muscle goals with your mom life and make it maintainable and sustainable over the long term, macro county is going to be your thing. So I'm just going to leave you guys with that. If you, like I said, I, if you have any questions, you want to know how the nutrition consults work. Um, just message me, no pressure. We just talk about it. Or if you just have a quick questions about, you know, your metabolism in general or today's episode, don't ever um, hesitate to like reach out and ask questions. That's how we learn. And it doesn't, I am not bothered at all. I love it when you guys ask me questions because then it lets me know if I'm on the right track. Maybe I need to go over something. And it even gives me ideas for future podcast episodes. So I just want to throw that out there for you guys. And also, I realized that there was a lot of information in today's episode. So in go ahead and check out the show notes because I'm going to include a link to a blog post where I'm going to um, pretty much just put like the takeaways and the show notes in that so you can kind of go and read it if you're somebody that's more of a visual learner versus an auditory learner. I know um, some of the us can be like that. It's like, okay, I heard it, but it's going out one ear. It's going one ear and not the other, right? So that can um, kind of help with that. But I'm going to leave you guys with all of that for now. And like I always say, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in next week's episode. Bye for now, guys. Hey there, mama. Are you trying to figure out how to lose the last of the belly fat, but also have strong curves in all the right places with a booty that would make JLo proud? You've lost the majority of the baby weight, but now you want to take your fitness to the next level by gaining lean muscle and transforming your body. So you've Googled things like how to gain lean muscle, how to get tone, and you've tried free fitness challenges from Instagram fitness chicks, but you're still stuck and nothing seems to be working. I hear you loud and clear. I've totally been there. And you could totally trial and error it like I did for a few years, but I don't want you to get so frustrated that you give up in the process altogether. So I created this simple and right to the point guide that explains the top five fitness mistakes you are making that are keeping you stuck. These are the top five things that I continue to see sabotaging women's results. And these are the five top things that I struggled with and I had to learn to overcome when I had to take, when I wanted to take my fitness to the next level. So you're going to want to go ahead and grab this free guide. You can go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes because I don't want you to make these same mistakes in 2020.